0: God bless everyone and welcome to our next episode in our podcast. Um, I would like to thank everyone for who's listening and welcome those who are new listeners. In Jesus name, hallelujah. Um, This is a continuation on the Anxiety Podcast, which is episode two. Um, This podcast is called Finding Peace in God, hallelujah. And in this pandemic, we have to understand that some people are are anxious nervous fearful um they don't know what's to come next and this is in order this podcast is in order to encourage those people especially believers in christ that we should have courage that we have victory in jesus that no matter what's going on out there in the world we're secure meaning that we have god's promise that we will um be victorious And we have to keep that in mind. No matter what's going on in the world, we cannot act like everyone in the world because we have Christ in us. And therefore, we should be courageous, encouraging, and we should be the light to the world who may be panicking and going out of their minds. Um, One of the things that's occurring with this pandemic is you see a a large amount of suicides, frustrations, um, anxiety, uh, depression, and all these things are amplified, not like they weren't out there in the world before, but they're amplified during this pandemic, especially when they're enclosed. Because you do have some people that are following the guidelines of the government, um, whether local or federal, and they're very fearful of what's going on. So let's discuss, let's talk about what it means to find peace in God. Well, first of all, we have to have faith. And if we look at the dictionary definition of faith, it says to have complete trust or confidence in someone or something. Now, the Bible dictionary says reliance upon and trust in God, an active trust and belief displayed through obedience. Now, if we look at Hebrews chapter 11, verse one in the New Testament, and I'm reading it in the NIV in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Now, faith is confidence in what we hope for and assurance about what we do not see. See, when we walk in faith, we walk not by sight, but by faith. Meaning, um, I know Christ lived. I know he ascended. I know he's at the right hand of God in heaven. But I don't see that. But by faith, I believe that. Therefore, I walk by faith. And so should all believers be testifying that they walk by faith due to those reasons. And due to the fact that they gave themselves to Christ by faith, knowing that by faith, because we were not witness to this, when Christ crucified, was crucified and he shed his blood to redeem us, we weren't there to witness that. These are all accounts that we read through the Holy Scriptures, but we were not personal witnesses to that so by faith we know the word of god is the word of god and by faith we know christ was crucified and he resurrected on the third day and we know he's at the right hand of god in heaven and that he's our intercessor and that he's fighting for us and that he kept his promise that he sent the holy spirit to us to be our helper so these are all things that we would we, we don't see I mean, technically, we don't see with our eyes, but we we can feel and see some of the things that the Holy Spirit does in our lives. Okay. Now, one thing we have to keep in mind is that if you don't believe God will bring you peace as promised, then you won't have peace in your life. Because no man or woman can bring peace to you. You can't search for peace from another person. No person can actually bring you peace. They may say that they can bring you peace, but it's not a fact. So we have to keep in mind that only God can bring us peace. Um, I've been serving the Lord 18 years, and I say this much. I Before Christ, I never really truly felt at peace. I feel more at peace serving the Lord these 18 years than I did before I served the Lord. Um, he brings a peace to me, and... As a personal testimony, I had a lot of anger issues before the Lord, before I came to Christ. And being in Christ does not mean that I do not get angry. It means that I don't have anger issues. Okay? For we have to understand that all human beings are sinners. Okay? Meaning that... When you come to Christ, you are a redeemed sinner, meaning that you are being made new, you're being sanctified, you're being made holy. It's a process. Um, Mankind is fallible. We make mistakes. Um, that's why we shouldn't always depend on mankind. But God is infallible. God does not make mistakes. And therefore, that's why we should rely more on God than man. Um. And being in the Lord, I've realized that. Because man will always make promises and then not show up or not continue on their promises. But God continues in his promises. The same way he had promised that he was going to send us a redeemer in Jesus Christ. And we've seen that and we felt that and we lived that. Christianity is largely identified by its attention to faith and beliefs. As Christians, we're commonly referred to as believers. And a commitment to Christ typically involves a confession of faith, meaning when a person comes to Christ, most times they do it in a church setting. They're visiting a church. They hear the preaching. The preaching touches their heart and they come to the realization, I can't do this alone. I need Christ. And they come to serve the Lord. And one of the things that occurs is that someone makes an altar call. And they ask, is anyone here who feels they want to give their life to Jesus? And you raise your hand or stand up. You go up to the altar and you tell the person who was preaching or so forth or deacon or elder, depending on what church you're visiting, um, I want to give my life to Christ. And you give your life by saying, I recognize I am a sinner and that I need redemption and That you give yourself fully to Christ. And you promise to obey Christ. And that's how you give yourself to the Lord. And I recall, and most people will recall who've been serving the Lord quite some time, that you feel an overwhelming peace once you do that. Once you confess your sins to the Lord and you recognize that you are a sinner and now that you are a redeemed sinner once you accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. Now, once you become a believer, you walk by faith, not by sight. No longer you walking by what you see or what you can touch, but by faith. Now, if we look at um, Hebrews chapter 6, verse 1, it states in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Therefore, let us move beyond the elementary teachings about Christ and be taken forward to maturity, meaning perfection. Not laying again the foundation of repentance from acts that led to death and of faith in God. Now, if we look at the word repentance, it means a change of attitude and a change of action from sin toward obedience to God. For example, Paul, when Christ appeared to Paul and revealed himself to Paul, Paul recognized Jesus Christ as the son of God and our lord and savior and then gave himself fully and on t- after that there was a transformation a change meaning he couldn't act the same way he did before before he was trying to destroy christians he was trying to eliminate them he was killing christians but now as w- if we were to look in book of acts chapter 9 verses 1 through 28 he c- it completely turned around and now he's preaching the gospel he couldn't help but preach the word of god a word of faith Hallelujah. So we see a transformation in Paul. And there's many figures in the Holy Bible that we see that go through that same transformation. Now, if we look at that um, verse again in Hebrews chapter 6, verse 1, the second half, not laying again the foundation of repentance means that once we come to walk in the Lord and we understand why we walk in the Lord And how we come to the Lord whenever we sin. Because we're not perfect. As long as we're on this earth, we're going to make mistakes. But the point is that we have to continuously come to Jesus Christ and ask for forgiveness. Recognizing that we are flawed individuals who are striving for perfection in Christ. But it's a process. So you have to be obedient in the sense of that you submit yourself to Christ and let him work in you. So whenever you take a step back. What you do is you get on your knees and you ask for forgiveness and ask God to help you through these transitional moments when you do fall or take a step back. Now, if you continuously sinning, which that's a topic for another time called habitual sin, then that's a problem. Um, when you habitually sinning, meaning you continuously do something that you know is wrong and still do it anyway. Um... That means you truly don't know why you came to Christ. You don't recognize the restoration or the grace that we have in God. Now, this verse, Hebrew chapter 6, verse 1, is talking about the fact of how many times am I going to have to. And this is as a pastor speaking, not that I'm a pastor, but a pastor speaking, saying, how many times am I going to have to remind you? About how to walk in Christ If you keep slipping Then how else are you going to grow If you're not maintaining The obedience that Christ called for us to do Um, If you're continuously habitually sinning Then the best way to understand that is Before you can ask for healing You have to understand what makes you sick So, for us human beings, we have to understand that we're sinners. Our attraction to sin, which sometimes feels so good, is what makes it difficult for us to come to Christ. But once you have an understanding of Christ and the sacrifice he did for us, now you have to understand, I can't do the same things I did before. So, therefore, I have to give up the things that make me sick. The things that, for example, if... I love alcohol. I need to let go of that because I can't do that anymore. If I'm addicted to sex, I need to let that go. I have to learn to deal with not to let those addictions take control of me. And that's how you find peace in God. By submission and obedience to his word. Because the word was left for us for a purpose to guide us in our walk in Christ. Now, when we look at the word found. Foundation in this verse, what it's talking about is also the Christian beginnings when we come to the Lord, meaning leaving sin behind, turning yourself back towards God as well. And by seeking humbly the Lord's forgiveness, don't replace this foundation. That's what we have to keep in mind. Do not replace that foundation. Now, faith in God is to trust that he exists. We continue to act with willful Understanding that his promises will save us from sin. Hallelujah. If we look at Philippians chapter 3 verses verse 13, it reads, Brothers and sisters, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it. But one thing I do, forgetting what's behind and straining looking forward toward what is ahead. Hallelujah. So this verse is talking about how as a Christian in your walk, We're not perfect yet. The only time we finally are perfected, meaning 100% perfected, sanctified, is when we're in heaven. For now, this is a race. It's a marathon. It's a long process. We make it longer. Because we choose at times to be disobedient. And mankind has a history of that. But, here in Philippians we see that The writer stating, yet I'm not considered yet perfect, but I'm striving for it. I'm aiming for it. And I'm forgetting whatever was behind me. And all I'm doing is trying to keep my eyes forward on Christ. And as Christians, that's how we need to be. We need to keep our eyes forward on Christ. Whenever there's a problem in our lives, keep your eyes on Christ. Because Christ is going to give you the solution. Christ is going to break the chains of bondage of sin. Christ is going to help you break through this barrier that's holding you back. This bondage. Only Christ. Only Christ. So we have to continue looking ahead, looking at Christ. The Bible says in Job chapter 19, verses 25 through 27. I know that my Redeemer lives, and that in the end, He will stand upon the earth. And after my skin has been destroyed, yet in my flesh, I will see God. I myself will see Him with my own eyes, I and not another. How my heart yearns within me, hallelujah. Now, this is a beautiful verse because for those who've read the Holy Bible know Job is someone that suffered a lot and he was a humble servant of the Lord. Now, the reason he suffered was also due to the fact of a challenge that the devil had against God. Um, The devil was basically trying to prove to God saying, oh, all humankind eventually is going to fail you. And God basically said. Pick one person and test them and see how well they do. Now, this these verses also reflect the fact, and that book of Job's reflect the fact that the devil can't do anything to harm us. That even the devil's powerless because the devil has to ask permission from God even to do anything or challenge us or tempt us. He still has to ask God permission. Okay? Shows you how powerful God is. And when he asked God permission, he said, um... I want to test your humble servant. He seems like he's really into you, and I want to test Job. And God says, well, you can do anything to him except take his life. Um, Other than that, you can test him. And Job at one point felt, you know, that he was very challenged, and he was wondering what he was doing wrong spiritually, that he was so challenged. We have to understand that as long as we're on this earth, we're going to face challenges. There's going to be struggles. There's going to be obstacles. But we have to keep our faith and our eyes on the Lord. And Job did keep his eye on the Lord. Doesn't mean that there weren't moments that he didn't plead with the Lord in his prayers. And that's what we see here, that Job is pleading. But at the same time, he's saying, I recognize that my Redeemer lives. And this is prophetic because basically when he's saying Redeemer, he's talking about Christ who has not yet arrived yet. Because we're Job is in the Old Testament, so we haven't even gotten to the New Testament. And he's saying, and in the end, I will stand upon the earth. Meaning that he has an understanding of prophecy of what's going to happen. Meaning that when Christ comes back, that even if we're dead, buried in the ground, our bodies are going to be resurrected, restored, and taken to heaven. If we are faithful, if we continue on our walk, if we continue in victory. And then he says, but after his, my skin has been destroyed, yet in my flesh I will see God. See, he has enough faith to know that even when he's dead and buried, that his body will be respored, restored and that in his flesh he's going to see God in heaven. And he's going to go to heaven. And what we see here is him saying how how much he yearns to be in heaven with God. Because he understands that as long as he's on this earth, he's going to struggle. Now, that doesn't mean that he has to take his own life some people may misinterpret that and think, oh, then why don't we just take our own life and just go? Because God didn't intend for us to take our own life. God intended us to be the light here, to share the gospel. And then when, when it's our time, God will come and get us. Okay? So we have to have hope in him. And we see Job expresses hope in his Redeemer, which is Christ. Even before he knew Jesus Christ was going to be his Redeemer. If we look at Romans chapter five, verses one and two, it says, therefore, since we have been justified, made right through faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have gained access by faith into this grace in which we now stand and we boast in the hope of the glory of God. Hallelujah. Now justified means we've been made right. Hallelujah. By faith in Christ. And therefore, we have peace through our Lord Jesus Christ. Now, this faith comes through grace from God, meaning grace is something we're not deserved, which is um, the fact that Christ died for all of us, even those who didn't believe in him yet. Christ died for all of us. He wants to save humanity. God, through Jesus Christ's sacrifice, wants to save humanity. He wants to save our soul. He wants to give us salvation. Hallelujah. We thank you, Lord. Now, through him, we've gained access. Through Christ, meaning we gain access. So we have access to peace. We have access to hope and to faith. Here we see God's love for sinners. And the atoning power of Christ's death and how Christ's death ultimately leads to the restoration of our relationship that existed at the start of creation with God. And Adam and the world. Paul argues here that salvation comes only through faith. Now, peace with God. Peace. Paul uses this phrase here as it's used in the Old Testament. To describe well-being, prosperity, safety from harm, and deliverance from enemies. See, all these things can only come from God. And we've seen in different chapters in, in the book of the Holy Bible, Holy Scripture. We've seen it in, for example, the book with Joseph. How Joseph's definition of success was completely different until he's walking in the Lord. And we see how the Lord grants him success even though he's a slave. See, our definition of success is different from the Lord's definition of success. Okay, um, success is not having a million-dollar house. Success is having all your necessities met. Okay, and that's the peace God brings us—that we have all our success, necessities met. Now, this peace is more than just not having not having problems any longer. It's a result of being called righteous by faith. It also refers to the believer's experience of peace with God. If we look at Hebrews chapter 10, verse 25, it states, Not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another. And all the more as you see the day approaching. As believers in Christ, one of the difficulties we have is the fact that not everybody can fellowship like we used to before. But that doesn't mean we can't do a little group together at your home, in the park, or so forth, and get together and encourage each other. And that's steps we should be taking. If we cannot be in the Holy Temple together fellowshipping, you don't have to be in the Holy Temple. You could do it through Zoom and so forth and Facebook Live, but you can also go to the park and fellowship together and be socially distanced. Um, if we look at James chapter 2, verse 18, it says, but someone will say, you have faith, I have deeds, meaning works. Show me your faith without deeds and I will show you my faith by my deeds. Um, some people may say I'm a good person because I do good things. But here's the thing. You could do good things but not be a good person. But you cannot be saved in the Lord and not good, do, do good things. If you truly saved, you will be judged and, you, and people can... Recognize your testimony by what you're doing. If you're doing good things, for example, encouraging people, guiding people, helping people find a job, um, help people get connected to educational resources. These are the kind of things that if you truly serve the Lord, you should be doing to help the community, especially when you see people struggling. If you see someone struggling that they don't have food, find resources for them so they can have food. And also keep it in prayer because you know what? The Lord is the ultimate provider. And he's the one that's going to guide you to those resources for those people. And by that, you're being the light, the salt and light, as we recognize from the first episode of our podcast. That by doing that, you're encouraging people, you're being the light in the storm, and you're showing people that you have peace. That no matter what's going on, the turmoil that's going on in the world, we have peace in him. And that's a great testimony to share with people because then, therefore, more people will come to the Lord and find that peace. Wouldn't you want to share that peace with someone? Because I don't know about you. If they're giving something free, you don't keep that to yourself. You share with other people and say, oh, they're giving a whole bunch of free TVs at this store. You need to go there. Same way you have peace in the Lord, you need to share that with other people so people know why you're at peace. Share that with people. Share your testimony. How did you come to the Lord? Why you still serve the Lord? For example, like I said, I still serve the Lord because I know there's nothing better out there. I am at peace. Do I suffer from chronic pain? Yes, I do. But I'm grateful because I can still walk when there was a moment that I was told I might not be able to walk. So I am grateful. I'm thankful to my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And I'm thankful that he gives me the ability to do these podcasts now. And I want to share this word with people. And I want to encourage people. And I want people to come to Christ and not be worried about the pandemic. Because this too shall pass, as the word says. We will get past this. We just have to keep our eyes on Christ. So I hope this word encourages you. I hope peace finds you through God and Jesus Christ. And may the Holy Spirit um. Plant that seed in your heart. God bless you. God keep you.